This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Coming to you live from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it's THM. Cover to cover for Saturday, March 13th. It's almost St. Paddy's Day, and we're going to be talking about some Irish friggin' heroes. It's going to be fun. Kids, my name's Matt Bob. And I am the Internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and Zoom to wrap about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course... The question of the week live with our listeners. You may have heard Joe mention it. This is a live show. We need you to play along, jump into our Zoom, turn your uh, audio and your video off. We'll ask you to unmute. You can find the link at the top of our live stream on our Facebook chat. You can call us as well, 402 819 4894, or click our Facebook call now button or chat with us in the Facebook live chat if you want to get in on the action. And if you can't do it live, leave us a message. Or maybe you're trying to get through and we're not answering, leave us a message and we're going to play it and we're going to talk about it and it's going to be awesome. You can also send your MP3 answers to twoheadednerd@gmail.com. Before we open these phone lines, Joey, let's reset some of this week's nerd news. There you go. There it is. And then we'll hit him with the question of the week. <laughs> Sorry, like you you were so casual about it, I didn't know what was happening. Nerd news! There we go. All right. All right. That was my bad. Okay, so big news from Marvel. We already knew Doctor Doom was getting married. Aww. And Marvel couldn't keep the spoiler under wraps. They've revealed who he's getting married to. Surprise, surprise. He's getting married to Victorious. It's going to be Victor his, and Victorious Doom. <laughs> yeah, his uh, second in command or whatever, his right-hand Ooh. woman. And as I recall, not too long ago, Victorious pretty handsome woman like she was drawn pretty ripped up and big and like not exactly what i'd call feminine which whatever if you're into uh, that's mean, fine you know i but, don't know if i'd go that far like i mean vic was here I, I don't know so there's a picture of her on the cover in a wedding gown she, she looks, looks like very a woman different now i think they've subtly redesigned her a bit now the best part is well, they kept not, her she face. was in an armored suit with cosmic powers i mean <laughs> okay. yeah she was they kept her face lady. blocked off, though, so it's like her face is a mystery, but they told us her name. <laughs> right, yeah. Way to go, like, Marvel. Okay. Uh, uh, and it's just like, it's the sort of thing where it's like Marvel tries to keep this spoiler under wraps. Right. And then it's like the least interesting yeah. reveal of all time. Well, but it's about time like, he made an honest woman out of Victorious, right? <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know that they were dating, I guess. I don't know. No, uh, I didn't know they were thinking. I thought it was like a daughter thing, sort of, right? Well, no, she was like a... Um, Wasn't she an orphan that he brought in? She was a Latvian citizen that was like super dedicated to him. Right. And he gave her powers and she helped him reclaim his throne. Well, I thought she was like an orphan that he rescued. I mean, there's definitely an age difference. No, no I mean, she's an adult. Which, uh, like, so she hasn't been like, she's only been around since the start of Slots Run. It's not like she's, we've seen her since childhood. Oh, I thought Victorious um, has been around longer than that. No, no. She really? debuted during Dan Slot's run on Fantastic Four. Okay, then I'm thinking of a different woman that was running Laveria for a while while Doom was gone. 
Oh yeah, no, that's somebody totally different. I okay. don't even remember her. That's name. the beefcake that, I was thinking of. What's that? That's the beefcake I was thinking of. Oh, you know that was um, yeah, that was part of um, what like was Brian name? Michael Bendis's Secret War. That was years ago. But she was an older character too. She had been around for a while. I think Bendis brought her back. No, I just think Bendis invented her. But <sighs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like Regardless. she hasn't been around for years. You're thinking of the wrong person. I know. I know. Um, but it, my, so my question is, is this even news? I, I don't care. I don't know. Do I care? mean, I, sure. Bride of doom. That's kind of fun. First of all, gone on record plenty of times. I love comic book weddings. And the only thing I love more than a comic book wedding is a wrestling wedding because they're mm. stupid. <laughs> they're the dumbest thing in the world. They're completely plot driven and they almost never last almost never. But regardless, we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, I hope it goes well. I hope the ceremony is beautiful. You know, yeah, you know, God bless I hope, those kids. Uh, we, we, we sent him, a, uh, we, we, uh, sent them a nice, um, present from their registry. They're, you know, a, a nice, uh, tea cozy set. Yeah. They're bed, bath and beyond. They're registered. If you guys want to send them something. So yeah. Yeah. Bed, bath and beyonder. <laughs> Victor and victorious uh, doom. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. You crazy kids. That. Uh, DC is taking another stab at an R-rated Batman. Thank God. Uh, from Black Label. This time it's from Garth Ennis and Liam Sharp. It's just time, right? It's just time. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, the book is called Batman Reptilian, and it is definitely not about Killer Croc. It like is they've not. Made a, they've made a point to say that it's not about Killer Croc. Which, it's a new character, which is too bad yep. because we didn't have any reptilian bat characters. There was just none out yeah, there, so they right. had to invent one. Like, why is this not Killer Croc? That's what I don't understand. You're going to introduce another reptile character, which we don't really need any reptile characters in the Batman universe. We have one. I would argue that's all we need. <laughs> you know, <laughs> why do we need another yeah, yeah. one? I don't get it. Just do a story where killer Croc is going nuts and eating people. He's done that before and make it rated R. So you can get Batman's dick back in there or whatever you need to do with it. You know, I just, I don't buy it. Like, uh, I don't see Batman's Batman, the stuff with Batman damned DC reacted in such a ridiculous, like knee jerk, overreactive way that it affected their entire publishing line. Well, then. So now they're like, yeah, I guess we're going to take another stab at this R rated Batman. It's going to be adults only. Well, but think well, what when, does that even mean? Think what this is happening in the wake up. So DC had a knee jerk reaction, freaked out to the damned. And then WB had a knee jerk reaction and decided we're going to release the Snyder cut on HBO and make it rated R and DC jerked our knees again and went, okay, right back to rated R Batman. That's what they want, right? Give it to them. There you go. Now, yeah, I love Garth Ennis. I love Liam Sharp. I'm sure this will be very well written, but what constitutes a rated R Batman book? Is it cussing? Is it nudity? Because like violence, I would argue, I've seen some very violent Batman books that I never thought to myself, well, that's an adults only book right there, you know? <laughs> so what constitutes rated R? Is this an excuse to put curse words and nudity in a book? Is that it? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that these companies have like a very skewed view of what constitutes you know, an adult story. Right. <laughs> Cause like even extreme gore, I would argue is something that like, okay, I've never read a Batman title and thought to myself, you know, what would have been made this a little better boobs, cussing, <laughs> 
or extreme right. gore. You know, like I and I'm and look, I like all three of those things, but they have a time and a place. Okay, <laughs> that's all I'm right. saying. Right, and it, like at the end of the day, we're talking about Batman here. Yeah, it, I just I don't I don't really see the point of it. Right, um, and this isn't putting Frank, your peanut butter in my chocolate. This is like you know what that chocolate needs much more chocolate. Like okay, whoa, there's it's already chocolate. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> right. What are we doing? Right. Uh, Frank Cirillo. Frank Cirillo says uh, in the chat. Batman needs an R-rated book as much as Doctor Doom needs to get married. Yeah, which is uh, yeah accurate. Sure. Um, Batman did just get married though, so he jumped that shark already. So I mean, (laughs) sure. Yeah. Uh, The difference. JD says the difference is that the Doom wedding will be silly and fun, not so much with the Batman, which is also true. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just I I don't know. Uh, Garth Ennis Batman. Sure. Uh, Like we'll read it. Yeah. It'll probably be fun. The preview art by Liam Sharp looks gorgeous. And yeah, I just don't get this need. And I think it is a direct knee jerk reaction from what they think is going to be the massive success of the Snyder cut JLA. That's it. That's it. Totally agree. Uh, A long lost blast from the past. Uh, Joe Maderera has surprised the comics industry Sort of. By showing off new art. He's sort of surprised, though. <laughs> from the new issue of Battle Chasers after 20 years. Uh, but guess who's not drawing it? Exactly. Joe Matarera. This is where I'm going. Okay, first, let's talk about Battle Chasers for a second. Battle Chasers was the flashiest, craziest looking. It was a beautiful looking book, right? Back in the day, it was very video game inspired. It was Joe Maduria who was had this manga and comic, you know, inspiration. He was very video game inspired. And it sort of featured some characters that were, how do I say this? I don't know. Busty as hell <laughs> is the best I can come sure, up with. Right. Yeah, and I yeah, have yeah, to yeah. wonder, and this is not me, like this is not cancel culture liberal trying to make Lola Bunny's boobs smaller or anything, but do is this the kind of book that's going to work today? One, with the ridiculous boobastic characters that were in it. And two, do you I mean, really care, it was just the one. Do you care at all if, no, there was some princesses in there as well. But it, do you care at all if it's not the guy, if it's not Joe Maduria? Because I would argue the story of Battle Chasers, whatever, fine. I can't remember. People were reading it for the art. I can remember none saying. of the characters, honestly. And when you bring it yeah, back yeah. and tell me a different artist is doing it, no matter how good that artist is, and the artist looks great, the art looks very, very good. I don't know that I care at all. I mean, think about Spawn. The only reason Spawn is still a thing is because it didn't stop. It's not like people demand, like, demanded Spawn come back or something. Battle Chasers was not a thing because it just hasn't been a thing for 20 years. I don't know if people remember this, if they care. And if anybody does care, they care because of Joe Maduria. They're not going to care that, what is it, like, what's the French artist? Ludo Lullaby. Yeah, Ludo Lullaby, who looks intensely talented. But I don't know that anybody cares. I don't care. Do you care? Well, but I never really cared about Battle Chasers. I thought um, it was very pretty back in the day. I still have those issues. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, he did a kick. He went off to the video game industry. Um, his company put out the Darksiders games, which are actually pretty fun. If you hate video um, games. Actually, not if you hate video games. If you hate yourself. <laughs> you'll very no, much no. The Darksiders, Darksiders. <laughs> the Darksiders games are like super violent, beat them up, Legend of Zelda type. Yeah. You know, go to the go to the castle, get the power up. I didn't find them fun. Yeah. Too grindy no, for me. No, they're fine. Um, he did do a battle. Uh, he did do a Kickstarter for the Battle Chasers RPG, which was wildly successful. 
um, and the game came out. So one of the rewards is that people that backed the game and there had to have been many of them are getting copies of the future issues of battle chasers. So like the audience is out there. Apparently I just, I will see But to your, to your first question, you know, do I care about battle chasers without the art of Joe Madera? Uh, no, right. I, I don't. Right. Um, that was the whole thing. It wasn't the story. Yeah. It wasn't the action. The whole thing was his crazy art. And, and I like, I appreciate his desire to finish the story and, and him admitting like, look, I can't draw it on my own. I need help. And, and, and that's fine. I understand. It's just, you know, my excitement is, is non-existent for uh, this return because yeah. he's not doing it. He's yeah. not drawing it. Yeah. Let's not even talk about it anymore. Let's move on to the big All story right. of the week. Joe Patrick, if you All had to right. pick one creator, you love Supergirl. And if you could pick one creator to write her, to write what they're calling a creative masterpiece starring this character. Who would it be? I don't know. Tom King. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, it would not be Tom King for me. <laughs> no, it would not be Tom King. Uh, so yes, the, the news, is, uh, the big news is that uh, DC is launching a Supergirl uh, eight issue series called Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. And uh, it's going to be written by Tom King with art by Bilkis Evley, who is wonderful and wonderful. amazing. Wonderful, yes. Um, and uh, it's going to be about Supergirl and Crypto going into space on a journey, oh, quote, that will have Supergirl fans cheering for more. That's not really a description. No, they didn't really describe much other than she's going into space, and Tom King is writing it, and it's going to be a masterpiece. Because now every time Tom King comes out with anything in DC, DC just like pulls out the masterpiece copy and plugs it in there and be like, get ready for another Oscar award-winning comic book. Even though comics can't win Oscars yet, they're going to change that this year. <laughs> sure, right, right. Um, so here's the description. An alien girl seeks Supergirl out for a vicious mission. Her world has been destroyed and the bad guys responsible are still out there. She wants revenge. And if Supergirl doesn't help her, she'll do it herself, whatever the cost. Now a Kryptonian, a dog, and an angry, heartbroken child head out into space on a journey that will shake them to their very core. This is just like you when you grew up. This is your life almost. This is crazy. Yeah, you know, uh, my world was destroyed, and <laughs> yeah. I had to get a superhero to help me, and it's, it was what it was. Okay. Uh, so Supergirl's got a big sword, which, you know, she's had in the past. She had Rogol, Zar's weird sword thing for a while. Yeah. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't dislike Tom King. I very much like Tom King. And he does a certain thing to heroes, which is interesting. I, I'm not going to say it's bad, but it's very introspective. It's very written in a certain way. And it works for characters like maybe Adam Strange. I would even argue it's working for Rorschach. But I don't know if he does that same thing to Supergirl, if that works. And it's not because she's a female character at all. It's because she's Supergirl, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, look, you can't, there's nothing that's been going on with Supergirl recently that I think this is going to interrupt that I'm going to miss, you know? No, certainly not. Yeah, no, no, not at all. But, uh, I, so for me, the, the kind, the bloom is kind of off the Tom King rose for me. Um, and I know that we've talked about that on the show, but, uh, and so, it, you know, every time he's got a new thing, 
I kind of roll my eyes because I have I have tried every new thing he's done and just immediately run up against that Tom King thing. You just immediately run me, into Tom King's thing. <laughs> I run into Tom King's thing and it gives me pause. Uh, so I don't know. I, I It could be good. He's certainly a big name. And I think Supergirl is a character that deserves a bigger spotlight. So for that, I think it's I think it's good. Yeah, uh, I I love Bill Kasevly. I love her. Art. I do too. I do too. And uh, so I think that uh, again, this is a this is a big uh, pro- project for her. Uh, she had been working on Sandman, uh, Sandman Universe, the Dreaming, uh, before all that stuff went tits up. Yeah. Um. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I just, you know, t- Tom King. He's always got to like. He's he's got to try to Alan Moore it, you know. He's got to try to throw his little deconstructionist okay. bit in there. I like that. I like where you're going there. Where like I think Tom King is a talented guy, but I think he's trying to Alan Moore it. You can. I think he whereas, gets in his own way. Yeah, where Alan Moore or Grant Morrison can just do their thing, and we go, "You sons of bitches!" There it is. It feels like Tom King is like, "I'm doing it. I'm really doing it." <laughs> like, so, whoa, Tom, yeah. easy, right? <laughs> You know, and then that's why that's when we get like entire issues of Batman filled with literary quotes right. or poetry. Right. It, it, it's like, okay, Tom, I get it. <laughs> You're an artist. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. You know, like you said, I do like Supergirl, and uh, but I can't deny that this is a high profile, yeah, uh, creative uh, announcement, and so. I want it to be good. I hope it's good. Yeah, and I'm glad Supergirl's getting the look. That's great. Might be time to call her Superwoman. I don't know. But hey, that's another discussion. Things we want to talk about. Rated R Comics, Tom King, all the stuff we just mentioned. Of course, we want to talk about the WandaVision finale. We need to get into that. Joe wants to talk Uh, about Superman Superman and Lois Lois some more. Uh, It's fine (laughs) for me. But like, let's get set up with the question of the week, and then let's open these damn phone lines. All right. Uh, This week's question it's almost St. Patty's Day, and we want to hear about your favorite Irish characters. Uh, bonus, uh, based on our last Cosmic Longbox show, hit us with your favorite substitute superhero. Yeah, heroes that stepped in for a little bit. Didn't stay. Stepped in for a while. And then yeah. handed the reins back to, you know, the real Captain America or something like that. So let's get into it. Uh, racist. I'm going to go straight to Nate Aguilar. Because we haven't heard from this guy forever. Nate, I'm asking to unmute you. How are you today, sir? Good. How are you doing? Good. Are you on a plane? No, nah, I'm in my car. Oh, okay. <laughs> it sounds like you're in like a, a Piper Cub just sort of cruising the cornfields right now or something. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a crop duster uh, <laughs> uh, in my part time. God bless you for your uh, work, mainly sir. mainly a target. <laughs> but, uh, What'd you want to rap about, Nate? Funny. Okay, so I've been keep trying to call in, and I always miss you guys because 11 o'clock is a busy time with kids, and I finally made it in. And uh, the thing I wanted to bring up is WandaVision first episode. Mm-hmm. All the way back. Uh, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about this, and I just thought it was the, the coolest thing when did, uh, what Agent Wu comes out, yeah. and he hands the business card yeah. to the lady, yeah, and he yeah. does that. Magic thing, yeah. He's like that he learned from Ant Man. From Ant Man, 
because that whole Ant-Man, how do you do that? That was and, my favorite thing that he did in Ant-Man when he shows up and, and Paul Rudd's working on like close-up magic. And he's like, what is this? And he's like, oh, it's close-up magic. And he's like, close-up magic? Like, yeah, you know, like card tricks and stuff. And he looked at him and he goes, that was amazing. You're really good at this. <laughs> like, he's just like blown away. <laughs> and you know that dude has spent the whole blip learning close-up magic. Oh, yeah. And and just for a split second, you know, two seconds in a in an episode, he does the thing, and then they don't reference again yeah. until the very last episode when he palms the phone and he says, "Oh, yeah. there's a flourish." Yeah, because yeah. he's always off. in close. And he gets the handcuffs off, and one of the things in close-up magic is you you do the distraction with the flourish, and. I just thought that was so cool, uh, and I, I uh, just—I I wanted to bring it up. I love Jimmy Woo, and I hope Jimmy Woo is not a character that is isolated here. I would like to see him carry through to other stuff because I love that actor. Oh, I hope he becomes like a—I hope he becomes like an Agent Coulson thing where he shows up everywhere. Maybe not a major character, but you know, you get thirty seconds of, of him in this other movie. You get him, you know, a couple minutes of him just, you know, plot filling. Yeah. These areas, I think he's a fantastic actor. It's a fantastic character. Uh, big fan. Absolutely. Yeah, I I love it. I love Randall Park. I think he's uh, fantastic as Jimmy Woo. He is on. Um, he is. Nate, on I'm gonna mute Young you just because the car is getting kind of loud. But it's good to talk to you, man. Yep. All right, buddy. Hi, That's all I had. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's in the middle of muting him. Sorry, Joe. You were saying sorry. Yeah. Uh, so Randall Park is currently on Young Rock. Uh, which is a new sitcom on uh, NBC, I think. I think it's NBC. And um, it's set, uh, the framing uh, sequence is set in the future in 2032 where The Rock is running for president and Randall Park is playing himself as a former actor that's now like a CNN news correspondent. (laughs) (laughs) And so like the premise is that he's interviewing candidate Dwayne Johnson about his life and uh, he's constantly bringing up the fact that he used to be an actor. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I told you guys this before, but I used to be an actor. And The Rock's <laughs> like, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. And like, I, he's so great on that show. He's so great in the MCU. And I want more Jimmy Woo all the time. Yeah, definitely. JD, got a catch. How are you today, sir? Good. How are you guys? Doing well. What are we rapping about, buddy? Um, Irish characters. Irish characters. That's coming up. Let's get into it. Yeah, it's St. Patty's Day this week. <laughs> We're talking about our favorite Irish characters. And I think it's really easy to go straight to the super Irish yeah. characters that are so grossly poorly written. <laughs> but we forget there's a shitload of Irish heroes mm-hmm. out there. Who's your favorite? Oh, yeah. Who's your favorite? Uh, my favorite is probably, I mean, I'm, this is a boring answer, but uh, it's probably Daredevil. Yeah. That's me too. Matt Murdock. The Irish American. And, uh, but, uh, I was looking it up and there were some Irish characters that I had forgotten about. Probably the one that I think is the most interesting to talk about right now is from, uh, wicked and divine Morrigan. Okay. Yeah. And you know, and that's because it delves into that Irish mythology aspect, which I think is uh, a sorely overlooked mythology. Yeah. Like old school Celtic magic shit. Yeah, 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 and then uh, and then in that in that vein as well, going well, I guess it's technically a comic book now as well, but uh, uh, Mad Sweeney from American Gods. Oh yeah, yeah. also very like old school Celtic stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. Very uh, cool. Well, I mean, he's a leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, you know, 6'4". <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it happens, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. So, uh, and then I guess we got a new Irish superhero in Marvel right now. Um, I, I can't tell which one it is, though. I, I just read The Union. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a member of the union that is Irish. Yeah, with uh, Paul Grist. I, it's either Snakes or Kelpie. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's Kelpie is the Irish one or whatever. Is the union still happening? Is that still a thing? Um, I well, yeah. I mean, I just read yeah. issue one. Issue two is uh, going to be out in a month. Okay. Yeah, I think issue three came out recently. All right. I liked it, actually. I mean, I, I like the idea of Paul Grist finally getting to write Union Jack. I, yes, yes. I do like Paul Grist and I do like Union Jack. I just didn't love that first issue. Just didn't do much for me. Well, they started off right off the gate with a King and Black tie-in, which is always difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I, I do like the, uh, I do like the aspect of, I mean, spoilers for a three month old comic, but I do like the idea of this, you know, this character that we're all supposed to know Britannia and she's this great thing. And then they, they, you know, whack her at the end of the first uh, yeah. issue. I just, I loved mm-hmm. that swerve because I think, I think the rest of the issues is going to be a different tone. I think that was just, I think the whole like media frenzy and all of that, I think that was a misdirect. Sure. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, you know, I I really like Paul Grist. I sometimes I think he maybe doesn't really um I guess I shouldn't say sometimes because it's uh I don't think he's had many opportunities, but I think that uh Paul Grist might not always know what to do working in the larger sandbox of the Marvel universe. I agree. Yeah. When he's so used to having complete control of all of his own stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I just, um, what's his, I, I what's like, his spice I like him a lot, character. but you know, like the union is not Jack staff, which Thank is you. what I love him for. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's, it's different. Yeah. Um, if you want to read Paul Grist, read Jack staff, Jack staff, no, Jack staff, is, staff is awesome. Excellent. And it's yeah. obviously union Jack. It's very oh, yeah. obviously, you know, the, the same character. And I love that character union Jack, mm-hmm. but Hey, maybe Paul don't do a team book. Maybe just do. A Didn't Paul Cornell do uh, a really good Jack Staff or not Jack Staff, but uh, Union, Union Jack. Jack miniseries a while back? He um, did a Union Jack miniseries, but I'm not going to say that it was really good. Well, there was I, a Union Jack. It. There was a Union Jack miniseries that came out uh, kind of during Ed Brubaker's cap run that yeah. Mike Perkins drew. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, so that's the last one that I remember. I, right. There, if there was a if there was a newer one, I don't recall it. It was but. around the same time as MI thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Captain Britain and MI thirteen yep. was an amazing book. Oh, and yeah. that was Paul Cornell, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, I like, and I I missed I missed that book when it went away. I yeah. know. I know. That was legit. That was the last time we had like the Black Knight actually doing anything in the Marvel universe. I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain Britain, and yet, like it was, it was the the full, yeah, the full Monty of also uh, John the, Lennon scroll. Heroes. Yeah, yeah, the John Lennon scroll. God, it was good. Um, <laughs> Dracula, Dracula shooting vampires from cannons from the moon. Oh you know, my that God. Is, uh, Like I, it was so good. Was wonderful, wonderful. It was such a good book. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah, Captain Midlands too was such a crazy character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a deep 
like that's a deep British cut. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean that book, that book was unapologetically European and the union is to a, to a degree, uh, though I think it's currently being hamstrung by, uh, by having to King be a tie-in. Black. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm wondering how it will be once the tie-ins are over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, because I, I know a- Paul Grist is a great writer. I know that he's talented. I know that he's got a knack for character, like European characters, especially. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this book is full of new creations that yeah. he can have his way with, you know? So, but do a, but do a King and black mini series and then launch a series. Right. You like, know, that, I mean, give this, give the book a chance. This isn't giving right. it much of a chance. So, and that was my right. only complaint. I love Paul Grist. JD. Well, and also it came out, it came out with like zero fanfare too. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like, because yeah, I think like, it was one of the this? books. I think it was one of the books that got delayed from COVID. Oh yeah. It was, and it was going to go straight to, it was going to be digital only. And then they decided to print it. So mm. well, you know, too bad. Had a lot going against it, but JD, we got a bunch of other peeps lined up here, man. It's good to talk to you. All right. Talk to you guys later. We'll talk soon. Hey, bud. Brian Domingos, I'm asking to unmute you, sir. There he is. Hey now, guys. How we doing? Good morning. Good. Good morning. So um, let's get into I it. Love, I, I love Jimmy Woo. Um, there was not enough Jimmy Woo on the WandaVision. I wish we'd seen more of him. Totally agree. Um, and I also hope that he kind of becomes a, a regular in there because I think he is um, just really charming and entertaining and I think he's your new agent Colson, just like JD said. I hope so. Yeah. He's a perfect new agent Colson where he's like likable guy. Everybody likes him on screen. He's sort of the everyman like you, you can drop him into the situation to be like, this is the character that's going to help you flesh out what's going on, you know, like, which is important. And you've got to use him more. You have to, I hope he pops up on winter soldier and Falcon. You know, I hope he's on all these TV shows. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I want I want to see him. I want to see him more often. And like I I know they have to use him more when he make when he makes sense. And the same with Darcy who I also thought was delightful on WandaVision and she got robbed in the finale. You can't have like an astrophysicist show up in every show. It doesn't necessarily make sense. Right. But Jimmy Woo like it totally makes sense for him. Yeah. To be involved in anything espionage related. Right. And next they need to be like, okay, sword's kind of weird. Sword's got stuff going on. Shield was kind of weird. You know what we need? We need you to run this little group called Atlas. That's going to watch the whole world. And by the way, we have a sentient gorilla to partner with you. (laughs) Yes. Get gorilla man on the show. (laughs) Also, it's secretly, it's uh, secretly an ancient criminal organization run by a dragon. I mean, you know, like, let's just go all into the agents of Atlas if we're going to do it. Right. That's phase five. That's Marvel phase five. Yeah. Right. Yes. Bing, bang, boom is going to be phase five. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to, we're going to. We're going to dig deep into Marvel's problematic Asian uh, yellow panic past oh. and, uh, no, and uh, try to clean I'm, some of that just stuff. Own it. Just I'm own it. Just thinking about it. You know, just, yeah. you, they just got to own it. That's all. And then make it theirs. And, and then it's empowering. Like, so. <laughs> one, of the, one of the first Avengers comics, I, uh, it may have been the very first Avengers comic I ever had as a kid. Uh, it was like late 70s, early 80s issue. I'm pretty sure John Byrne drew it or George Perez. And it had the yellow claw. The yellow claw was the main villain. Oh, yeah. And like at age four, I had no idea what that meant. And then like as I get older and I'm like, and then I look back and I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) 
the yellow claw is terrible. Oh yeah, super racist. <laughs> it's like at the same time though, it's like those guys were taking imagery right out of kung fu movies. Like yeah, it's old, it, old school it's Shaw tough. Brothers kung fu yeah. movies. That's what the bad guy looked like. Exactly that. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, it's yeah. it's hard to be like, oh look, you know, look at the the insensitivity of it. It's like we were actually. Um, literally appropriating what we were watching from right. those places. So it's, it's yeah. Yeah. right. You know, it's I like, mean, they were doing yeah. the same thing with Luke Cage by looking at all these black exploitation films and going, all right, let's just grab a couple right. white guys to write this. It seems like it writes itself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What did you um, want to talk wanted, about, Brian? Sorry. Well, I wanted to, um, to, you guys were talking about Supergirl before and I, um, I think the book's going to be beautiful. Um, who knows what the story, you know, the story will be the story, but yeah. mm-hmm. I really, um, I saw someone else mention it before. I really appreciated Joe's um, history of Supergirl um, because that is a, it, it's that kind of like, fu- that that's the fun of the, when people say, oh, there's so much continuity and you get bogged down. It's like, yeah, but like 25 years from now, those crazy things where it's like, oh, that makes no sense, but let's go back to, to 1986 and I'll explain all the things. And at the explanation in the end, you just kind of go, okay, like it doesn't really make sense, but it's, you know, sure. the earth angels and all that, but it's, it was really fun to hear oh, you talk about it. Definitely and, does not make um, sense, but that's not it the doesn't. point. <laughs> it's, it's lunacy, but, it, <laughs> yeah. but th- I think that is the fun of, you know, years and years and years of, of vaguely tight or tight in the moment continuity where you right. can kind of see where right. these things yeah. come from. Because I mean, I've, that was, that was part of the fun of us talking about vision and Scarlet Witch, right? It's just like, yeah. I can't believe this happened. Right. I, I can't believe that this is a storyline that persisted for years and we're still talking about it. And now there's a TV show that's uh, taking elements from it. And you read the book and you're like, this is what they, this is their inspiration. <laughs> there's something in here. There's <laughs> they, the they, like the, the, the people in charge of uh, the Marvel universe, the Marvel cinematic universe looked at those comics and went, yep. I, I can you, see it. I yeah, can what, see do we it. Do with, what do we do with Scarlet Witch? Oh, there's these almost unreadable, ridiculous comics where um, one series, they go month to month from any, any holiday you can think of. Yeah. Like um, I, they're, I they're messaged crazy. I, I messaged you about this uh, last week. Like I, I rewatched WandaVision from the beginning uh, after the finale came out and it didn't mean anything to me at the time, but uh now that I've read those comics, I realized the episode where they do the stage show, their names are glamour and illusion. And I thought I was going to fall out of my chair. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe that they put in a reference to glamour and illusion in WandaVision. Yeah. It's the, na- well, the magic neighbors. It, well, yeah. that, and that's one of those things of like, you know, why did they do that? It's like, well, because they did it because it makes sense. If you know the full context, like, yeah, you, right. And that's just, just does yeah that's like that's for us right that's that's like this is just a it's a dumb thing that we're not like it will never come up again and we're not going to explain it and nobody's going to understand it except for the two (laughs) percent of the nerds in the audience that read those suffered through that maxi series i'll I'll take it further because i constantly bitch about stuff like that in some movies where they just like throw in a character that's named this to, for the sake of someone going, oh yeah, that's a character's name, but it has nothing to do with the character and it's totally removed. Like when you do it in a way like this, 
It's innocent and it's fun yeah. and it's a wink and a nod. It's not well, yeah, like, like a, 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 a reference, a reference, you know, like, right. like a, a knowing, a knowing reference with a wink is different than like the Morlocks you know, in the, in the X3 movie where it's just like, or yeah, they've got yeah, all the know, Morlock names, but like, yeah, it's like Marrow's a dude not, for some reason. And yeah, like, or, or, or naming, <laughs> you know, naming the, naming the pit pocket in birds of prey. Cassandra Kane instead right. of literally anything else for no reason other than like yeah she's Asian yeah. there you she's go a, well she's a character she's a <laughs> she's a name that comic fans recognize right you know it, but you know she's not the comic character yeah so it, I, I I think it's fun when they can do it like the way they did it in WandaVision where it's just like hey we know you're out there this one's for you so <laughs> we should talk about WandaVision just for a moment not uh, like the finale or anything but do you feel like you said you just rewatched the whole thing. Rewatching it, knowing that almost everything we saw that we were thinking, oh my God, what's that? What's that? What's that? Turned out to be a red herring. Were there too many red herrings? Were there too many red herrings in the show where like maybe I, the rewatchability is not so great? I think it's a, it's a really complicated thing. I don't know that they're, I think they're red herrings if you are looking for red herrings. But they you know, presented which, which is a so weird thing. Like many. The, 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 but, but it's like the, the need of everyone, like Dottie was nobody. Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I thought the episode was completely ordinary. It was fine. It was good. It was, it, you know, but there was not, the buildup was not there, but the buildup was imaginary. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, is, I, I, but, but that's not the show's fault. You know, and it's like not the show's fault, but the show writers kept doing it and doing it and doing it. It wasn't just Dottie. It was all okay, but, yeah, but, stuff. Well, but no, it, it wasn't like, I don't think there was as much as we're remembering, I, you know, to what Brian's saying, I think that fan speculation took over. Okay. We're talking about Dottie. Um, Let's talk about Evan Peters for a minute. Yes, I know. Like, I, I do believe that the showrunners did do a little bit of trolling. Oh, yeah. But I, I think that, like, on some level, that's fun and fine. Like, I, I honestly did not mind at all Evan Peters being nobody. Uh, like, it just like a, a really long, uh, a long path towards a boner joke. Well, I like him, I like him being nobody more than pretty, I like him yeah. being Magneto's son from the Sony-verse. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, and, and so... You know, I, I will cop to I will cop to them doing that. Like they knew what they were doing. They they wanted to get Evan Peters in there, and Kevin Feige said, "Well, if you can make it work, fine." Uh, you know, but like there was no like we were so fan. When I say we, I mean like fans at large were so convinced that this was going to be the gateway to the entire multiverse. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, introduction of mutants to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The introduction of like Mephisto and demons and the devil and all that shit. And none of that was promised. None of it, just, none of it was promised. Just well, turned they, out to be the dark hold. <laughs> the introduction of did, the dark hold. <laughs> I mean, which is, which is fine. Like, I think it, there is a lot of like the fan base and the, the constant hype machine was detrimental to the viewing. Well, sure. Yeah. You we, know, like, we've which been, is, which is gross. I mean, I, and I hate that. And I hate that the, the like, you know, clickbait speculation stuff oh, 24 every, hour a day. Yeah. Like, like it just every, drives me crazy. Six, six days for every, mm-hmm. every six days before Friday, there was a new thing saying, what does this mean? Yeah. You know, it's like, okay. Like, which, pe- which people, is, sorry, go ahead, Brian. Well, it's so it, it is, I mean, it is that we know like that 
those awful, you know, they, you've got these URLs where you're like, what is that website? Like it's so it's a garbage. There's just yeah, garbage. Like we got places. this covered.com and right. And, you or, know, you know, like com, I mean, uh, comic, comic, uh, comic, comicbook.com. No, <laughs> comicbook.com is legit. Uh, like cosmic book news. Is one well, there was them. like, it was like comic dash. Yeah. News dash. Are you like, you know, like it, which is, you know, and they're just going to say whatever they're going to say, but yeah, yeah. They can, uh, they but, can print but, whatever they want without consequence. You know, I mean, it's, there was the fact that anyone that works for Marvel slash DC said the words Doctor Strange was a problem and yeah. they should not have done that yeah. because it has nothing to do with Doctor Strange. And, and that was part of it when we were talking about a couple weeks ago. It's like, there's not time for that. There's not time for Doctor Strange. They, they have 40 minutes. Yeah. Right. They got 40 minutes right. to wrap up everything. They're not going to get to 90% of the stuff that everyone's talking about. And, and then, but they say like, oh, well, there's an Easter egg of the, and I'm so, I, I never wanted another Easter egg. Like, again, there's the, the flourish of the music at the beginning of that font, the second scene is like, that's a little bit of the, of the, 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 uh, Doctor Strange the score world. from Doctor Strange. It's like, who knows that? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. But and also, like, I'm that, over Easter eggs. Well. I'm totally like, over the Easter egg. I, I just think Easter eggs are stupid now. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. Like, there's some, some of it I like. Like, people clued in pretty real, fast. Joe, real quick. About, Brian, I'm going to mute you because we got to keep moving. But, Joe, I want you to finish that thought. It's good to talk okay. to you, man. Later, guys. Bye, Brian. Uh, you know, people clued in pretty fast uh, on the fact that Agnes was wearing a brooch. That was very similar uh, looking to uh, to what Agatha Harkness wore uh, in the comics, you know. So right. she's got that black and white brooch, which they did address in the final episode, uh, or this whichever episode it was that had Agatha's um, origin, second to last episode, second maybe. to last, yeah. And um, yeah, like, and so that's fine. Like we 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 were pretty locked in on the fact that Agnes was Agatha Harkness from almost the beginning and that's fine like so i don't mind easter eggs like that but when you're like there's a cicada on the wall in in agatha's house the cicada is mephisto yeah and it's like or, no. or even the cicada represents an insect that escaped from the negative zone that works for a night okay time out yeah, it's like, it, it's like okay and like in, in the in the final breath. in the uh in the in the second to last episode where we go on a tour of wanda's life Agatha is just like, yeah, I can turn this thing into a cicada and feed it to my rabbit. It's not a big deal. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah, come on, guys. Frank um, Cirillo, John Tiver you're in, in the here chat, with us. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just let me read this real quick. Okay. Um, in the chat, uh, our friend John says there's a there was a bit of gaslighting going on, and I agree. Um, usually the fans are very toxic and rabid, uh, but the writers, actors, and creators did feed the beast. So much that it ensnared my wife, who has zero context or fandom to fire her up, which I mean, I suppose is fair. Yeah. You know, and, but like this is also the same shit that made everybody mad at Lost, though. We, we all watched yeah. Lost. We're like, oh, the, the numbers and the codes and this. Are they alive? Are they dead? And then at the end of Lost, they're like, well, none of that matters. It was just a personal story about these people. And people you know, are like, look, no, it wasn't. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'll, I'll say I'll say this is Disney played us like a bunch of Republican Fox viewers. Absolutely. <laughs> they hey, gaslit I, us. And, but you know what? I enjoyed the ride. Yeah. Like, and, totally and, and enjoyed was, it. And like my point, my point uh, about that, Frank, is that, yeah, maybe they did stir the pot, you know, yeah. or, or poke us a little bit, but it didn't take more than a couple of embers for us to like blow that up into 
an oh, inferno. Yeah. Right. Oh, totally. And, right. And, oh, and that was going to be in it? What do you... fun. <laughs> right, exactly. Did you inferno, say inferno confirmed. <laughs> yeah. 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 If Benedict uh, Cumberbatch had come out and been like, you want me in the last episode? Well, we got to storm the Disney studios <laughs> and I'm going to lead the way. I'll be right there with you. And we're like, yeah! You know? <laughs> um, like, uh, Brian Domingos, uh, Brian Domingos posted something on the fan group uh, earlier this week where it was a meme from... Uh, I think it was um, Civil War, where mm. the Falcon says something like, "You know, I I know a thing or two. Yeah. And then the next thing is like a clickbait article says the thing confirmed for Marvel face, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the headline was like MCU fans be like this, and it's like yeah, it's totally what happened. Oh yeah, but you know, I think I think a lot of it was them sort of like putting this stuff out, seeing they wanted they wanted to see what the reaction was going to be. Yeah, they wanted to see how like okay, how do people feel about this? You know, oh look, they're talking about it like this. I think I think a lot of it was it was very smart to do a lot of the stuff they did. Because it's like they're looking at they're they're looking at social media and they're and they're gauging what people want. They're gauging what people what people are interested in. And I think that's what you're going to see the next time. Not this year, not in the next next round of shows, but maybe next year when they start writing stuff, they'll add some some of the stuff in that we were talking about because they know that there's interest in it. Right. You know, I, 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 I agree. I think if anything, they, you know, they're watching this, you know, they're paying attention to all the coverage and yeah. they're seeing the fans go, oh man, they're going to do this. Or man, what if they do that? Oh yeah. And that all of a sudden you start to go, we could get away with that. They would let us yeah. like do that. Really? Yeah. So, I, uh, <laughs> our, our, our friend, uh, our friend, Michael Severe, uh, in the well, Zoom we're going to talk I'm to not, him just a little bit. So I'm not sure what happened to him. He was in the Facebook chat. And now he's in the Zoom chat. Yeah, he's all over uh, but he says, he says, this is big. This has become a huge part of nearly every show now because of all the podcasts and YouTube breakdowns. Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Mandalorian all get so much breakdown and speculation that it causes a letdown for some fans. And I uh, sympathize with that. I, I agree that like whether or not you enjoy the process is kind of dependent on whether or not you think they stuck the landing. Yeah, and I, I, if yeah. you didn't think they stuck the landing for WandaVision, I can see why you might be mad about all of the false teases. So for the I, record, I think they did. I mean, I, I think they stuck I the landing. I think they did. And it I was did a, too. It was I a think, good personal you know, story. I felt like you did get a little more of the Dragon Ball Z battle between Wanda and Agatha than I really needed. I wish he would have just mm. gone more into the magic aspect of it rather than I'm shooting a color at you and I'm shooting a yeah, bigger yeah. color at you. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what? That didn't, that didn't bother me. I, I don't, you, what I really actually, I, I didn't, I wasn't bothered by anything. I thought, I thought the show wrapped up really great. I thought that first of all, it, it, this is the way they get the vision back. Um, yeah, it, yeah. And, and the whole purpose, I think the whole purpose of the show, it was to, Two twofold, get the vision back to reality in reality, and also to make Wanda m more closer to her comic book counterpart than than what she was in the movie. You know, yeah. because in the movie she was like, "This is Wanda, really." I thought yeah. Wanda was more, yeah. you know. Um, and and I think that and it served its purpose. It was a it was a hell of a ride. It was super fun. Um, I actually love the end. Awesome. It's it's backwards. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I love red this shirt. That, That's awesome. Yeah, red it's backwards. Shirt. That is awesome. <laughs> uh, he's got it, he's got it's his it's his Batman pajamas. Oh, um, I see. and it's a red. It's got a picture of Batman. It's it looks like it looks like a Marshall Rogers Batman. Oh, um, oh nice. So I I, I love the ship of Theseus discussion at the end, and I loved yeah. how that played out. Yeah, I love that. 
and if this is a spoiler for anybody, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling it for you, but uh, they've already you have been warned. Uh, you were warned in the in in the uh, the Facebook page, but um, I, I love how he says, you know, what is the ship of Theseus? And he's like, it's the rot, it's the memories, and he like somehow imparts his memories to Vision, and he's now it now opens him up to because all his programming is still there, right? And all of his yeah. memories are still there. It was he that, just doesn't have the emotional connection to them right now because but he I doesn't think, have the mind yeah. stone. But I think now what Wanda said was, "You're the part of the mind stone that lives in me," and I think right. that he was able to impart a small. I mean, you're talking about one of one of the most powerful things in the universe. It it has an unlimited amount of energy that can be tapped into. So I, I don't think it's it's a it's a stretch to say that even that that small infinitesimal part that Wanda has in her isn't so powerful that she can't just impart a bit to vision to create the new vision. And, and she's also getting, yeah, yeah. we're seeing her get more powerful. She's now right. reading the dark hold and stuff like that, which is a very right. evil, bad, you know, book of black magic. So we'll yeah. see so where damned, that goes. As they said. Yeah. 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 We'll see where they, uh, what they're going to do with that. Uh, I think that, yeah. I think that was the most interesting part, honestly, for me is introducing right. like, okay, now she's more the Scarlet Witch, but yes. yeah, there's a whole different school of magic that is not the Doctor Strange magic that we know that is way evil, <laughs> like really, yeah. really bad. There's a, um, there's a, there's been a, 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 a conversation floating around and I, don't, I, I feel like it happened a little bit on the uh, fan page, but maybe I just saw it on Twitter, but like, uh, the idea that there is a difference in the Marvel cinematic universe between a sorcerer and a wizard, a, a witch, mm. a sorcerer and, and, a, witch. A, and a witch. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and I think that like, we're arguing semantics here, but mm. you know, Dr. Strange is magic. Uh, you know, that's so tied to the time stone or it was, that's not where their power came from. Uh, that's not where their uh, baseline magic power came no, from. No, that just right comes now. from learning and have, you yeah. know, and um, ability. But yeah, like, you know, the discussion was that, um, you know, wizards, uh, mages, right. Um, which is mages. Uh, they, they learn from study from, from tomes and, and spell books and lore and, and things yeah. like that. And sorcery, is innate yeah it's inherent. um like, so like right. what wanda became you know or what she was born as and just came into in the final episode yeah so um, certain magic is like old school jedi you practice really hard and you can become a jedi and the other school magic is no you got to have the midichlorians in you if you're going to do that <laughs> so yeah, sure right <laughs> basically uh, uh, now david david robbins just said that maybe you flip that so like the, t the terms are interchangeable i suppose right. you could say you know a sorcerer learns from learning uh, learns magic from learning and uh, 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 a wizard or a witch or whatever um, they are they just tap into the power we'll just say there's two schools of magic how's that yeah right right, right. <laughs> and, and, look at it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you gotta label everything Joe Patrick Jesus. right uh, and so uh, you know I think that that's an interesting distinction yeah. um, I don't know how yeah. much it really matters to the scheme of things but um, I, I think that you know it's obvious that WandaVision we always, we always, always knew that Wanda was going to go from this into Doctor Strange 2. Right. Yeah. And so this just got her to a place, an interesting place, mm -hmm. where she's going to be, uh, like they say, 
they said in the final episode, Ag- Agatha says your power uh, rivals exceeds, or exceeds right exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, right. So and I I got on, on this show. I made a call and said I don't think Disney has the balls to put Mephisto on the in this show, and they didn't in this show. But you introduce a Darkhold. I think it's going to be hard not to mention Mephisto down the line in the movies. If you're going, I mean, uh, if like they're going to go down that rabbit hole, Mephisto I mean, is just one demon in the Marvel. You know, like he's they they have they've had Dormammu. Like they're not scared of right, doing. They're not. They're not, they're not scared of the him. concept. Right? I suppose, but like you know, the big bad, the devil. <laughs> so sure, yeah, no, <laughs> you I keep throwing it. all I these other it. names out there, look, but man, they're not going to be as look, scary man. as someone who like if. You just pulled someone off the street and went, Dormammu, you, it's a scary name, right? Like, yeah, I suppose. Like, oh, yeah, what about Satan? Like, oh, yeah, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Matt, my, everybody knows my Marvel Universe Series 1 trading card from 1990 right. explicitly stated yes. that Mephisto is not the biblical yeah, devil. They were like, no suburban white mothers. Your kids are not worshiping Satan <laughs> by reading comic books. We promise. Uh, you know, David, David Robbins also said they use Damien, uh, Damien Hellstrom, which, you know, I don't think they didn't really, use him though. They did not. I don't think Damien we Hellstrom. can actually count because yeah. it was part of the, uh, Marvel, uh, Marvel TV Hulu Hulu deal yeah. that went, uh, that went, uh, uh, belly oh, up. Um, is that still and, happening? But, no, uh, it's done. Like no, at it's the, the, the final episode of Hellstrom spoilers for a show that ended six months ago. Um, <laughs> That was already canceled. Uh, the final episode of Hellstrom, we actually see uh, his dad, uh, who is supposedly the devil, and it is Mitch Pelegi who played Skinner on the X Files. <laughs> uh, nice. And like, I, look, like I love Pelegi. I right. love Mitch Pelegi, yeah. and that dude can that dude can play a heavy. But like, I so they like they they set up all this stuff that we are never going to see come to fruition. Like right. they're they're never going to put this this guy from Hellstrom in uh the mcu it's no. just not gonna happen no. um frank we gotta keep moving here all right good to talk to you man get yeah, that frank shirt on talking to you guys right. um just a uh, real quick to address yep. this and it might come up again um but john again has another point but uh he's thinking about it from a non-fan perspective okay stop of- reading john's stuff because he is in here in the zoom with us and i'm gonna unmute him and he's gonna talk to us like an adult okay he's never done it matt you're I don't know unmuted what right now happen. john to talk to us I'm speaking. There he is. Okay. Ah, I'm tired. Oh my God. I'm tired of reading your crap. <laughs> Talk to us. <laughs> Sorry. I'm in the, I'm in the middle of uh, moving some stuff today too. So I'm in the car and I'll be like, I'll have like 30 seconds. So I apologize. Go. We'll go quick. We'll go quick. All good. All good. So what okay, were you so saying? Yeah, my, my, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Joe. No, no, no. Uh, I was just asking what you were saying. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I feel like uh, if if I remove like my nerd hat and like all the stuff I'm looking for, which I really wasn't thinking, you know, that you're going to get levels of like Mephisto or Magneto. It's just um, there are there is a fair amount of trolling and red herrings that were put there that go beyond like uh, hooks for nerds and that nerds were looking for. Totally, that, agree. like grabbed totally. regular people, civilians, as I like to call them. There we go. Oh, that grab, sorry, that grab yeah, sorry regular that. people, you said. That's right. Um, yeah, so, you know, they, uh, and so they, you know, people who, who, yeah, civilians who, when my wife's watching it, she's like, you know, are they ever going to uh, 
say who this aerospace engineer is or, right. um, you know, like this, this stuff with Dottie or why did they, you know, bring in a very high profile character from another franchise? Like all these things that like, you can't load all that up and go, God, these nerds are so toxic and rabid. They're always looking for shit. It's like, no, like you really, you literally by the, like the first four or five episodes are like some of the best things I've ever seen on TV. And by the end, like, you know, a boner joke, uh, Monica Rambeau had literally nothing to do in the final episode. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Um, the head of sword gets arrested like a Scooby-Doo villain. And like, what's he being arrested for? He's running a government like sanctioned agency who has like, you know, fiduciary overlords who are, who are approving of all the spending he's doing. Right. Like, it just fell apart, like narratively. So, like, I guess my issues aren't really at the comic book level. It's like it narratively is a mess. I don't disagree. I think anyway, the last episode fun. narratively they tied it up way too fast. They were just like, we did yeah. all, and and you. I think it can be argued that you did waste a lot of time with this red herring stuff. Yeah, where you could have a ton of time. Yeah, where you could have built this story and fleshed that out a little. If that's where we're going, if we're going to Shield is corrupt. And or pardon me, sword is corrupt, and this is going to lead to the new vision. And Wanda is going to find out that she is this big, powerful witch that could bring about the end of the world. Maybe we build more towards that than wasting times with like the magic show and the name Glamour and Illusion and Evan. Yeah, Peterson. you know, like I think you I know? think well, that maybe we yeah, spent, and, we and sp- like and like you know you read the stuff with the show writers. Yeah, we lost John. His connection is bad, I believe. Um, so sorry, buddy, sorry, John. I'm going to unmute uh, Michael Severe because okay. I know he wants to talk about this. Michael, are you with us? Yeah, I was trying to stay out of the way until you found John or located John. Uh, hopefully he's okay. John's. He shouldn't be talking to us and driving. So I just hope he's all right. <laughs> so a couple things. Uh, I love one of the things that John said, but I want to go the opposite side of it. I think sometimes we forget that they're writing it for a large number of people. This is what I was talking about yes. with Superman and Lois and when I was addressing Matt because... See, Matt's a one of one, right? I mean, how oh, many sure. people out there are comic book nerds, um, do a comic book podcast, uh, is, or don't have kids? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, th- there's all this stuff that Matt is that the majority of the population. So they're, they're writing for the majority of the population for these shows. And we think to ourselves, occasionally give us a little bit because we, we're, I'm a little bit of a nerd, not as much as you guys can be of a nerds, but uh, they're trying to write for everybody. So it's really hard, I think. To yeah, write a show, you know, especially on a well, Netflix without a doubt. or a Disney Plus, that's such a look at the wide swath of people who probably have that. My mom, who is 85 years old, watches Disney Plus. My kid, who's 11, watches Disney Plus. Right. I mean, it's a swath. Right. So I think yeah. it's hard to write these shows. I think. And I, I, I think that they're writing for they're writing for multiple audiences and comic fans in general uh, have this kind of territorial. No. Own, yep. Like they feel this ownership over them, which I, I understand, you know, oh, yeah. I'm, pre- I'm protective of these, these stories that I loved growing up, but it, it, we have to realize, like you say, that we are not the primary target here. Yeah. They already know they have us. 
Yeah. But even with all that they have said, to do, all they have to do to keep us is not completely fuck it up. Don't even screw with, it up. Even with that yeah. said, obviously, they're, yeah, we're writing for a huge audience here. And Marvel has been really good with that balance with like, okay, we can introduce the wacky stuff that Joe and Matt and Michael might see and go like, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing that. And at the same time, you know, their spouses, loved ones, and normal civilian friends, you're like, will be like, yeah. that was a lot of fun. I get that. I just don't get why they leaned so far in to some of the stuff that didn't pan out into anything and spent, yeah, like maybe, and maybe spent we as much one, time on that. Maybe we needed that? One, one fewer sitcom, you know, or homage. Or not right. even a sitcom homage. Yeah. I mean, but maybe like if you're going to introduce Evan Peters, just do it for that one episode and get rid of it. So it's, it's we're yeah. done with it because it's not going anywhere. So what's Isn't part point? of it though is that they have these movies that are coming out that are already being made, that are already being written. And so they need to just do enough to get you this is just, you know, oh, TV's just a bridge absolutely. to the movies. Absolutely. And so they're only yeah. giving you enough. And we, I think we got a lot more than we're talking about. Um, and by the way, the, the reason why the sword guy got arrested, he was holding an FBI agent under arrest. Uh, I don't really, you cannot do that. I don't care if you're sword or shield, yeah. you cannot hold an FBI agent under arrest. Yeah. And I don't know how, how much of his bosses knew what he was doing. It seemed pretty yeah, clandestine. Yeah. I could like, tell. I, my, my brain kind of filled in the gaps that he went rogue. Well, no, they that's, straight that's up said, like. they straight that up his, said his that stuff he was brokering was an illegal trying, arms deal. He was yeah, effectively- right. his, his thing with trying to recreate the vision was not sanctioned. Yeah, and it, it was an arms, my brain it was a straight in. up arms deal is what he was doing. Yeah. Which yeah. may um, lead into, you know, the- the uh, armor wars stuff that's coming with Rhodey, which I hope it does. Right. Cause that makes sense. You don't have the vision is now back and iron man is gone. There's a power vacuum there. It's going to make sense that war machine is the American, you know, armored character now. And everybody else is going to start building stuff and grabbing bits and pieces of shit. Just like mm. Spider-Man, you know, the first Spider-Man movie where the vulture was stealing gonna... alien tech and going, sell this to bad guys. We can make yeah. money. I wonder, uh, you know, that I'm not even going to bring this up because that's the, that's a show that's months and months away. But uh, to to what Michael was saying, to what Michael was saying, and to what John was saying, uh, you know, looking at it from a non fan perspective, the Marvel Marvel Studios has trained audiences to look for meaning in everything. Yeah. And so right, 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 for right. these guys, these guys to create a show like WandaVision mm -hmm. and then come out and say, well, I didn't expect people to put so much stock in the aerospace engineer. Right. <laughs> like they, they actually yeah. like they did an interview where like we never meant for that to be a thing. Right. Uh, and it's like, well, what were you expecting? There's <laughs> another side to this is like here we are as dudes bitching about these little things and like the aerospace engineer and whatnot. And like my friend, Mary watched the show and burned through it. And at the end of it, she was just like, did everybody miss the fact that this is just the story of a woman processing her trauma? And, yes. I, and I was right. like, yeah, I mean, I guess that was there. Wasn't it? <laughs> like we were but, so, but, we were but, so but, busy but, going but, like, is that but, a scroll? It's the fantastic but, four coming. You know? <laughs> but also she's processing her trauma. And I, I think it's, and I think we, sometimes we don't talk enough about trauma because these guys are superheroes or whatever, like what happened to Thor and what he became. Yeah. But in the end, she tortured at least dozens of people. Yes. In the end, yeah. she yes. was evil. Yeah. In the end, she belongs in some sort of jail that's underneath the planet or underneath the ocean. Hundred percent agree. And, and we don't talk about that very often. Hundred percent agree. Horrible she was. And that was yeah. one well, of my and, you problems. Know, now, you now made her, her the bad guy. 
You absolutely now we did. see her off. We see her off in some. You know, it's probably uh, it's probably a cabin at the base of Wondagore Mountain because you know that that's oh, what they're gonna I say. I hope so. <laughs> uh, oh, and, tell me, cow woman is there, <laughs> and she's studying Bova. dark magic, like or she, chaos magic, chaos magic, right? That's what yeah, she's studying. and like she's she's well, she's studying the Darkhold, which is an evil right. a book of evil magic. Yeah, so right. we have set her up as a villain now. She and is so, yes, yeah, bad I news. think that they've they've taken Wanda's trauma and used it to twist her into a bad guy. Yeah, and then I, one thing about Superman and Lois, and I get out of your way. Um, and I've, I only have one friend that watches it with me. My kids, I can't get them into Superman. I just, they, well, I don't know what it is about Superman. They just don't get into him. But um, I love the fact that each, not each episode, each segment between commercial breaks is like a little separate movie. There's so much action. The pacing is incredible. I'm exhausted after watching Superman and Lois. Um, because it's so much pacing and most shows, especially on a CW, they'll go episodes without getting anything done. Oh yeah. This thing, it's something oh, yeah. done every single segment. I don't know if they can maintain this. I don't I think, think they can. Now. I it's feel, I already feel like three episodes in, I feel like they're doing too much. Maybe, nah, but I, I think nah. we're, we're getting ready to, we're getting ready to hit something in episode. You know, you know how the, um, they build TV shows, the fourth episode, right. A lot of times are the big episodes that'll drop stuff. And then, then the penultimate episode is the one where they'll give you all of the remaining action and then they just wind it up. So I think we're getting ready to get something big in the fourth episode. And then I don't, I don't know from there. I hope they slow down a little bit for my heart. You know, yeah. I'm 51. I can't, I, I can't think they're dealing doing, with this. I think they're doing too much. Michael, it's good to talk to you always, man. All right, man. Thanks guys. Have a good See one. You, buddy. Um, I don't know. I don't, I've, I haven't read, I don't know how many episodes this first season of Superman and Lois is supposed to be. If it's, if it's going to be like a 13 episode season, you know, I think that that's a manageable pace. I think that's what they're doing with all these CW shows now. We're not getting like the 24 episodes anymore. Even well, Star you know, Girl, we've, we've talked about this at length with David Robbins. Well, Stargirl but, was like 12 episodes, right? Yeah, but it was also uh, uh, streaming originally. You I know, suppose. like yeah, there's all the I streaming, suppose. the streaming shows are 10, 13 episodes. Um, but like if, if they have like, if they're giving into their like darker impulses and making this a 22 episode season. Ugh we're going to get some lulls. I, I hope that's not the case. I don't think, but so. we do know that the, uh, that they've already been picked up. I believe for uh, a, another season, it's been renewed. Yes. Um, so I, I think that if it's a short season, then they can get away with doing this slam bang pace until the end, because that's the way you do it. Speaking of David Robbins, he's here with us right now. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, sir. What do you want to wrap uh, about today? Let's get into it. Okay. We'll circle back to uh, Superman and Lois real quick, but um, I'm on the wiki right now. It's got five episodes listed. It says David Ramsey will direct one that's not listed. So it's at least six. I don't have any more information than, oh, wait, no. First season will be 15. Never 15 mind. First episodes. season's 15. Okay. And you know what? That's fine. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So uh, bullet points here. Uh, Irish character uh, and standing character. I'm going with the same. I'm going Teresa Rourke. Ooh. Um, going siren slash siren i mm -hmm. love siren i love her yeah. so much oh my Absolutely. god uh joe casey's deadpool when he was in love with siren yep. was the sweetest unlikely love story it was oh god i yeah. loved it <laughs> uh, they did it they did it a bit in x-force too when uh, yeah. i think uh, it was jeff Loeb was writing it uh and like he would hang out outside her window and like yeah. they were they were like they had a, like a real friendship and uh, yeah, I love that well, relationship. She yeah, wanted I to love be Simon friends too. and he was in love with her. <laughs> and every time they touch back on it is just like, 
Aww. Yeah, it's a sweet. You know, it's it's one of those things. It was a sweet. And uh, they, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you're reading, but for those of you that aren't, that might be fans of the character, uh, Siren is currently uh, a main player in the current story arc of X Factor. Yeah, uh, there's a big mystery going on surrounding her, and uh, it's pretty intriguing. She's so. great. She is. They great, are yeah. stacking up. Uh, I have not read in quite some time. Work has been like swallowing my life, um, but that is finally coming to an end. So I'm going to get caught up on a ton of stuff. Read new X Factor. It's great. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Superman and Lois. Um, I love that he's a bad dad, but he's trying. Right. You know, I, I really do like that. Like he's not perfect. He's he's struggling. He, he's the Boy Scout. Yeah. And, I'll uh, give you that. The, the 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 trailers that we're seeing is that he's struggling between what his father-in-law is putting on him as the responsibilities of Superman and what he knows are his responsibilities as a dad, which I'm kind of enjoying because I don't generally care for Superman. So I'm, I'm liking this, this grounded like real version of Clark that we're getting in, in the, the show that I haven't really been exposed to much before. Fair enough. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's very compelling, this idea that he's, he's trying so hard to be a good father and he just can't figure it out because yeah. what do you do when you've got two kids, this huge secret, and now they've got, oops, one of them's got powers and, uh, you know, he doesn't have his own dad to go to anymore because his dad died when he was a teenager. And, uh, you know, the other father figure in his life is a shithead, uh, yeah. Lois's dad. And so, yeah, and Jorel is a hologram, you know, okay. it's like, so like Superman is here with these teenagers and he's got no, he's got nobody to go to. Sure. Right. Sure. And, well, and, uh, and let's, let's not forget that he went from infant of uh, infant, a parent of one infant to parent of twin teenagers. Like he didn't have yeah. the training wheels of the 13 years growing them up yeah you know i wonder about that because uh at the end of crisis on infinite earths the crossover superman and lois were surprised to find out that they had two sons yeah but watching superman and lois especially the first episode it seems like maybe their timeline caught up with their memories maybe because he remembers, you know, marrying Lois. He remembers when the twins were born. You know, he there was the scene where they take the sonogram to, or the ultrasound to um, Ma Kent. You know, so like those. I would argue they're just doing so much on the show that there's no time to worry about that. We're just going to ignore it. <laughs> so, yeah, it could be. <laughs> I think um, they're just doing too much on the show, personally. Speaking of all the other things in the Arrowverse, while I get to that, I want to hear on Superman and Lois them mention Aunt Kara. Uh, I want to I want to have yeah. that little tie into that because like presumably they know that that Clark's cousin is there and they, uh, they have an aunt. Are they something. going to? Yes, yeah. we're now four episodes in and there's been no mention of anything. Uh, it's true. But on The Flash, um, it is either this week or last week. Uh, Barry Allen definitely uh, makes a direct reference to Clark. And oh. on Black Lightning last week, they're finally bringing that in because they got a device from Star Labs on the last uh, episode. Yeah. So, yeah, it, they're all in the same universe. They're just right now. I think they're just busy setting up Superman's story. It, everything, uh, also seems been to be slight, everything also seems to be on a slightly different time schedule because Black Lightning did a one year time jump. Um, so like flash is still dealing with their fallout from the, the COVID shutdown and resolving their season while black lightnings was over and they've jumped a year 
to the end of their occupation and that being resolved. So now they're kind of things are in, in flux. Yeah. I know they're going to wrap it and, and kind of go back together at some point. Isn't this yeah, the it's a, final it's a little season dis- of Black Lightning? It's a little disjointed right now. Is the, this- the timeline of the uh, Arrowverse. This is the final um, season of Black Lightning, though. They're, it is. Yeah. It is. Okay. And it's yeah. going to be the final season of Supergirl. Yep. And, um, you know, like it, it, it does suck for like shows like The Flash. That, like they're treating, they're treating what should have been the last, you know, 30% of last season as the beginning of this season because they got shut down. It's not doing them any favors. And so like, yeah, they're, they're trying to resolve this thing with the mirror master and, uh, and it's, it's just kind of dragging on from a season that should have ended a year ago. Mirror yeah. Master's Irish too, isn't he? Scottish. 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 Sorry. Yeah. That was racial. Yeah. I apologize. Cancel me. Yeah, that was totally racial. <laughs> okay. So, so switching from uh, DC verse to uh, MCU. Um, I love Jimmy Woo. I love Randall Park in there. Um, I love, they, they asked uh, uh, Kat Dennings and Randall Park if they thought the two of them had got blipped away or not. And like Randall Park specifically said, uh, I don't think he was because he needed that five years to learn the close-up magic. Yeah. <laughs> so he spent yeah. that time like in canon learning close-up magic that we see in episode three or whatever it is of WandaVision. So I'm like, I love that's it. pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I we it. see um, him starting to learn it in Ant-Man too. He's like, yep. he's practicing. <laughs> yep. It's great. Um, I agree. Dar- uh, Darcy got robbed in that last episode. We didn't see her from point where she was driving away in the, the van until she crashes it into Hayward's uh, uh, SUV. Yeah, which was like, like two episodes ago, right? Yeah, yeah, because the entire flashback episode, yeah. we don't see her at all. Um, we don't see Monica in that, and she kind of got robbed a little bit too. They just they got Monica to where she needs to be for her part in Secret Evasion. Yeah, and that's um, another part of Mon- like the Monica character that who I like the idea like she's photon or whatever cool yeah what the fuck is happening with her you you can't just show me like oh she walked through the thing and now her eyes are purple you gotta give me something you gotta tell me i think they will i think they will because she's gonna be in uh the kamala khan series the ms marvel series and in secret invasion and and captain marvel 2 and captain marvel 2 so i think between all three of those we're gonna get an explanation as to what she is she's not an inhuman she's not a mutant right um we don't know what she is except she got super exposed to the em spectrum yeah um which who knows what that's gonna do or what that's gonna where they're gonna go with that um Paul Bettany's uh, working with an actor that he always wanted to work with. He was just talking about himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is pretty funny. It's super it's cute. It's kind of funny. Um, again, it's a fake out, um, which speaking of fake outs, I'm totally down for Evan Peters uh, just being another actor that they brought in. Cause that was, if, if you came into this show, not seeing any of the Marvel X-Men movies, you would just think this is a guy who did not resemble the original uh, Quicksilver and they recast him. But for all of the fans, it was eh, eh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And right. it was a complete fake out to the people who were in the know and just an actor to the people who weren't. So I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree either. I just think that, that I'm fine with it. But I think they spent too much time on it when you could have developed some of these other things that have left me in the end going like, well, if that's where we're going. I would like to see a little more setup of that actual story rather than the ha look over here. What's this? Oh, nothing. This is what's actually going on. And it's only going on in this corner and it's over. <laughs> Maybe. Well, really though, they only spent one episode 
dealing with Pietro at all. And there yeah. were there was many other things going on in that episode. Well, yeah. yeah. So there was the there was the cliffhanger where he shows up, and then the next episode is the Halloween episode. Yep. Where she expands the hex, which is a huge deal. The vision tries to escape. And we spent an entire episode with that character making demon jokes and devil jokes. No, but and he like, wasn't the focus. He was just there. He was I in get the background. It, they had some conversations. Not, how can he not be a focus? Being the actor that he is, where he came from and stuff. Come on. They're trolling. If you I mean, did not know he was Quicksilver yeah. from the Marvel or from the Fox X-Men movies, yeah, you, he's not a focus. You made him the focus. You're like, bringing your preconceived information into this and, show. Like, but I do agree. Like they knew what they were doing when they cast him. Absolutely. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. And yet, like, yes, they were, you know, trolling or teasing or whatever you want to call it. But it, they didn't they weren't devoting like episodes upon episodes to Evan Peters character. He was there in the background. Yeah. He, I he, agree. I'm just using, he him made as some an, vague statements. I'm using him as an example. He, I'm not saying he's the principal yeah. example. I'm just saying he's one of several different examples that we spent time on that ultimately did not pay off into anything. Yeah. That's um, so going away from that, um, we did get white vision. We thought we were going to get white vision and he was going to go off and, and, and be vision with his memories and not the connection. So we were right on there. Um, I was, I, I was completely wrong on Mephisto. I, I will you know, completely admit that I completely shat the bed on that idea. <laughs> um, so I have, I have no problem on that. Uh, I don't think that we're going to see Agatha again for a little while, but she's still there brainwashed as Agnes. Yeah. Uh, what I think, and I may be completely off base with this, but I think our, our, your conversation earlier for sorcerers and witches and different magic and different things like that. I going to, I think we're going to see a redemption arc for Wanda in Dr. Strange two. And I think in Dr. Strange three, we're going to see Mordo come back as the villain who is going to free Agatha. And it's going to be, the two of them who are trying to remove other sorcerers and drain witches of their powers against Wanda and Dr. Strange. It, yeah. I mean, I definitely think, I mean, that's a fun arc. If there, that's true, there's definitely if, if something going on with Mordo where we know he was doing that. And that was not resolved in the first Dr. Strange. Right. And it's not hard to tie that into what you're saying at all. And I would not hate that. I'd be totally yeah. into it. Have like a big magic battle where we spell out this. We've got a Marvel cosmic universe. We have a Marvel superhero universe. Let's spell out the Marvel magic universe now. Well, and they've said that's that very interesting and would be a lot of fun. We, we kind of know that that um, phase four is a little bit about magic, isn't it? Well, I mean, as far as we can tell, I mean, it's going to be about the multiverse. We don't really know anything. Yeah, we, we know we know there's we know multiverse. We know cosmic because of the Eternals. And, yeah, and when you bring yeah. the Eternals into it, I mean, that fits very well with the whole multiverse thing. But I don't know how that fits with like the magic aspect of the Marvel. But universe. I mean, if you think about the things we have coming, not just the movies, we've got such a weird variety of different themes that. I don't know that I can pin down a specific arc for phase four of the MCU. Right. Sure. We've got, we've got Ms. Marvel. We've got She-Hulk. We've got Moon Knight. We've yeah, got Shang-Chi. Uh, Shang-Chi. Yeah. Um, which is going to be about the real Mandarin. Yep. Um, we've got uh, the iron wars. We've got armor wars. Yeah. We've got secret invasion. Uh, we've got, got the Eternals with Ms. Marvel. Yeah, maybe uh, we'll we've got uh, we've got the Eternals <laughs> movie. We've got a Black Widow movie that should have been out over a year ago. Yep. Um, we've got uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And so like, I 
uh, yeah, Spider-Man, um, which we know is also going to feature Doctor Strange. Um, so I, I, I think right now, like we've got cosmic stuff, we've got magic stuff, but even the magic stuff, uh, you know, I, I know that there's the, the sorcery aspect, uh, mm-hmm. but Wanda is also so closely tied to an infinity stone. Sure. So she's also tied to the cosmic side. Right. Sure. So I don't, I don't really know. Okay, so and and then also, I and would, then also we've, we've been like saying for months now that it's going to be young Avengers because, Oh, we've got Hawkeye, right? So yeah. we're, we were getting Kate yeah. Bishop. We got Tommy and Billy, uh, sort, sort of, of maybe. And, and uh, well, we know that we know that they're out there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they've cast the character that becomes Patriot. Uh, and so like, okay. Frank Cirillo in the chat just said, and I agree with him. Phase four is probably just about expanding the Marvel universe. That could be, and there's could be, nothing to uh, say yeah. that we're building towards another gigantic Avengers Thanos type story. You know, which right. is what there's no reason to do that again. I don't need 20 years of that. Like, all right, we did 10 years. Now it's time for another 10 years building to another, like just tell great stories. I'm fine. With I mean, it. and you could be yeah. right. You could be right, Matt. Phase one was introduction. Phase two was expanding. Phase three was, was the infinity uh, war. You know, maybe phase four is another expansion. Yeah. And you could absolutely, or, right or you know, a uh, rebuilding, you know, and a phase four, of if the, you look at it, MCU. This is the first time they've really tied their television directly into what they're true. doing in the movies and Very to true. build you know, I, a I universe. Think, I think we need to stop thinking about the net uh, the uh, Netflix. I think we need to stop thinking about the Disney Plus shows as television. Yeah. They yeah. are cinematic. Yeah, part, this of, the is part of the Mar- Marvel cinematic it's just universe. The, it's just like the fact that they're episodic. They're a mini series. Right. And that we wa- and yeah. that we that most of us watch them on a television yes. is incidental. Speaking of which, um, I have I have one more point about that, and then one other point, and I will let you guys move on. Um, so I did see a trailer for uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and a yes. quote from Falcon just tickled me. You might have seen my tweet, Joe, um, yes. where Falcon just says, "You know, they're arguing back and forth that there's no wizards," and Falcon sa- says, "Sorcerers are just w- are wizards without a hat." Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is very funny. It just tickled me. It hit me. It was late last night and it just hit me just right. That is good. Um, About our like disappointment or some people's disappointment, because I didn't have disappointment with the end of WandaVision. Was there things I wanted? Yes, that I didn't get. Sure. I overall really enjoyed it. It was entertaining. It showed forward momentum on characters. I enjoyed it. A friend of mine over the last three weeks just watched Game of Thrones for the first time. He had never seen it. He didn't read it. He, he didn't watch any part of it. And he shotgunned the entire thing in like two weeks. Jesus. Well, that's and not holy cow. That is not holy, okay. Like, that, that was our reaction to it. Like two <laughs> or three weeks. Like, dude. And he got through season eight. And yes, he had some, well, the, this is kind of like a weird character choice things. But he did not hate season eight the way a lot of us don't like season eight. And I think it's a matter of we waited a year for seven and a year and a half for season eight. And we had all this buildup and prior knowledge and speculation, yeah, right? Exactly. And all that. In our heads. Yeah, I don't disagree. At he all. didn't have any of that. So he plowed through it and said, Oh, it was great. I love it. And I'm starting it again. My little brother, Mike and, is doing the same thing right now. And he's on season seven. And I yeah. was like, Oh, season seven was things start to, meh. and he's like, well, I don't know. I'm 
still loving it. I don't know anything yeah. about it. I don't care. I'm still having a good time. So, he, right. he but you're right. That, I think he we did waited too that long. Around season six or seven, they did turn fast travel on. But oh, after yeah. that, <laughs> after you know, besides from that, he he loved it and he thought it ended fantastic. And he agreed with a lot of the things that we've been discussing with my girlfriend and I've been discussing for over a year that, yes, this is how this had to end, even though this was a weird character choice. Right. They they did what they needed to do. They could have expanded. They could have let things breathe. And that was his comment about the early part of it. The first seasons breathe. They they let yeah. characters have quiet moments yeah. and have reflection, and they let scenes breathe. We spent a year and, on the road with some yeah, characters where they were literally absolutely. just walking for a year. It takes Tyrion <laughs> six episodes to get from King's Land or from from Winterfell back to King's Land. Right, but the good thing and, is, once you unlock that part of the map, you can just travel right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you, once you once you unlock enough waypoints on your map, yeah. you're good to go. Not a problem. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, that was the whole thing. It was it was our inherent anticipation and speculation yes, and right. us trying to figure out where the story was going to go that kind of led some people to a disappointment in the end of WandaVision because we had other knowledge he didn't have yes. that with Thrones so yeah, he wasn't right. he wasn't like disappointed by what we may have been disappointed by with I'm going to disagree with you a bit on the Game of Thrones part because I think we can all agree they did tie it up too fast and it just wasn't well executed WandaVision <laughs> well, while well executed didn't do everything we wanted it to do. I'm not disappointed. I had a good time. It was fun. Sure. I don't at any point feel like they made a bad decision in WandaVision. I feel like there were absolutely some bad decisions made in the final season of Game of Thrones. And it's not but, because yeah, but to David's, yeah, to I mean, David's point, if like you're watching it for the first time all at once with fresh eyes. I think I would yeah. still feel that way personally. But I think your reaction is going to be tempered a bit. I think I don't, I don't waiting think you're feel a year. It as acutely as you do if you'd waited a year and a half. Yes, for it. I do think waiting a year and a half for it was definitely part of the issue. Uh, and now, and, and Frank said in the chat, uh, I think addressing what I said earlier about these shows being cinematic, would you sit through four hours of WandaVision in a theater? No, no, but I'm also not going to sit through four hours of the Snyder cut in the theater. Well, that's not, uh, that's not the Snyder cut's fault. It wants to be in the theater really but, bad. I mean, I but also through. they are, they are releasing it in, uh, as it's going to be in six chapters so that you can watch it a chapter at a time. So like, you, you say four I, hours in a theater, Joe, though I sat for four and a half hours in a theater watching extended return of the King. You're right. Yeah. And, you know, my friends and I went to a uh, we went to a midnight showing of Iron Man 2 that was preceded by a 9 a 9 p.m. showing of Iron Man 1. Yeah. And, you know, that was like a marathon and yeah. we had a ton of fun. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and that's, and, that's new content too. Yeah. Return of the King. I've seen it. I saw it already. I yeah. Didn't right, see right. It, but I saw the four hour or the three and a half hour cut going into it yeah so it was like i get uh, yeah you know i just i i think the point that i was trying to make though about these shows being cinematic and not um you know uh television necessarily is that um we need to stop making a distinction between the two because they are all part of the marvel cinematic right and this is the first time that's what i'm saying about this whole new phase four they have more to play with so let's just start playing Let's just start this, playing. Yeah, I think year, they're just they're building they're building up the play. You know, they're yeah, expanding the playground. Absolutely. This year of us watching everything on our televisions is going to help them blur that line Definitely. as to what is content and what is what isn't and what is part of it and what's relevant that the that Agents of Shield never was able to accomplish 
because yeah. it was network at a time when people had other choices. Right. Yeah. David, and, I'm going to, I'm going to mute you so we can move on here, but it's good to talk. Absolutely. Have a good one. So, Bye, buddy. Uh, so, you know, just to wrap up that, that thought is that, you know, I, I think that um, one of the worst slash best things to have happened to Marvel uh, and their endeavors in other media is that Kevin Feige broke from Marvel over uh, Marvel trying to control the TV side too much. And when it all crashed and burned, they gave it all back to him. And he's like, okay, now I'm going to get my chance. Yeah. And, and so, you know, now we have a consolidated unified Marvel cinematic universe that bridges multiple formats. And I think that that's super exciting. Totally. And, you know, people, people were, were saying like if COVID hadn't happened or if things had been different and WandaVision had been like, the third thing we got on Disney plus after black widow came out after eternals came out after Falcon and the winter soldier, like they shifted the schedule around a lot. Right. And, uh, would people have reacted to it differently? Yes, probably. Eh, I don't know. But I think that WandaVision was such an exciting experiment that it like really showed what, uh, what they're capable of doing Definitely. with this format. Jimbo. And, yeah, so I just I'm I'm super excited and I think they I think they nailed it. Jim, talk to us. Okay. So Irish character, not a lot in the world that comes from Japan, but I got uh, <laughs> the, only one that, the only one that I remember is uh Alex Anderson, father from Alex Anderson from Van Helsing, which is a vampire anime. Okay. Manga. All right. Extremely violent. No, no good people. No good people in that one. Extremely bloody. <laughs> wasn't there a wasn't there a Tekken character? There was Irish, yeah, but yeah. a female Tekken character. I guess. But <laughs> I can't remember which one she was. She wore like a crazy. Oh man, I gotta look now. Uh, I don't know. Keep going. I'll, I'll look. You keep so, going. And so Joe wants some numbers. So we have. So we'll do January. And we'll do yeah, February. yeah. Give me the report. Give me the report. Okay. So Demon Slayer in January sold six million volumes. <laughs> Jitsu Kaisen in January sold five point five. <laughs> And Attack on Titan in third place was two million. In February, Jitsu Kaisen actually overtook Demon Slayer for four point six. Demon Slayer was down to three, and then One Piece in February is at one point eight. Was your top three from each month? So, like the most famous comic book writers in America are like known by a few nerds, doing okay, praying that they get like some movie money here or there and they can live. And in Japan, they're like the fucking weekend. They're like rolling they're around in yeah, sports right. cars, you know, like they're, they're uh, showing they're up and like, yeah, showing up at sumo matches to do the halftime and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't like for those of you that weren't watching the video, as Jim was reading these numbers, I sat there with my head in my hands. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, these, I mean, these, these numbers, you know, always correspond to the animes that come out. Right. So people will pick up because, you know, the animes are going to follow the canon. There's no crossover. There's no, I mean, this is like, this is what you get. This yeah, is their, it's their the one thing. It's the thing that they've always wanted to happen in the U S is we put out a movie and it pushes comic book sales. Right. That never happens. But in Japan, you put out a series or a movie, watch yep. those sales skyrocket. They go, it's oh, yeah. insane. And we, for some reason, we can't do that here. We can't make that market work here. <laughs> it's because Amer it's Americans, man. Yeah. Like, I, 
like I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know what it is about uh, uh, the American audience. Like I can't like pinpoint a, a specific reason why. Like if you are such a fan of WandaVision or Iron Man or you know anything, sure, or the Avengers, why wouldn't you immediately want more? Why wouldn't you want more stories? Yeah, when we have them available to you. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, like, and hey, hey, proud boy, racist Punisher fans. How come none of you went out and bought Punisher comics? <laughs> like, none of you did. You just put a Punisher skull on. You were like, yeah, white supremacy. Like, yeah. had you read the Punisher comic, you might be like, oh, wait yeah, a minute. Yeah. This doesn't have anything huh. to do with what all I'm these into. Co- all these cops putting, <laughs> yeah, like, all these on. cops putting the Punisher on their uh, on their squad cars are, or. Right. Um, it's a perfect example. T- you didn't wearing read the comics. Where, uh, There's no way you read the comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, wearing t-shirts where one of the teeth in the Punisher logo is blue. Like it's a blue line. Right. 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 Uh, and it's just like, no guys. Yeah. Like uh, you don't fuck Tony. Get it. Tony cook. Tony cook is in the chat. He's like, we don't want to read. Americans don't want to read. No, they and don't want to read. It's he's right. Read. Well, sure. Like it, that's not, it's not a blanket statement for everybody, but yeah. uh, like the, uh, uh, at large, the American audience, it doesn't want to do the work. They don't want, to read right um frank also says the american mindset is that comics and cartoons are just for little kids which is i think still true uh yes i would say yes despite the fact that millions of people are out there drinking in the latest thing that stars captain america spider-man right star lord uh iron man like the the biggest movie of all time for now is an Avengers movie. And I never thought that that would happen in my entire lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Just figured and, we were stuck with avatar forever. Yeah. I just read, <laughs> I just, I just saw a headline uh, yesterday that was like avatar is about to surpass end game again because they keep putting avatar back in theater. Good God. They do. They love it. They love it. It's just uh, like, and so I, 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 it's frustrating as somebody who was at least a tangential part of the comic industry at one point to, to be ready to, to accept that audience. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we stood there in the shop. We were like, okay, how many times have we done that? How many times have I we know, showed up for that? A million day? times. And like, a million we were times. like, we got all gussied up and we did our hair and we're like, all right, we're ready for this. It's going to be yeah. the best date ever. And then you just get, they don't even show. Right. Don't even and show like, up. We, we put up huge displays in the store. <laughs> we the went to the theater and handed out free trolls, shit. The same nerds you see crawling into the comic shop or just preaching to the choir, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I, I just, uh, yeah, it, it just, it doesn't translate. And, and, uh, you know, we, we've got some, uh, Nate and Nate Aguilar in the chat is like, Marvel isn't pushing the books to the general population. Now, I don't know how it is in Japan, Jim, but does manga get like mainstream advertising? Yeah. I mean, they just had for Jitsu Kaisen, uh, there's a, since it happens in actual Tokyo, one of the areas, they did a whole mural for the, for the latest volume that was released. So you can like, and it's like a wall in a subway that is completely like 
come look at this. Wow. Well, but that's also a double-edged sword. When you are selling 12 million versions of something, yeah, your advertising budget's going to be a little higher than a comic book that is selling 50,000 copies at $2.99. That's true, but if you are Disney and you are a company worth billions of dollars. sure. But I mean, like, I also don't think there is a return to see. Like, DC did television commercials for Future State, which blew my mind, but they had a full-on television commercial for the Future State comics. Now, Future State sold well, but we didn't see any, like, crazy spike because there was a TV commercial or something. I think they have learned, no, it's not going to work. It just isn't going to work. We'll keep doing this because it helps us maintain, you know, like a certain audience. It helps us maintain the copyrights. It helps us get work to creative people that we could bring up to the movies where we can make real money. But it's just farm team baseball. That's all it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, and Nate, uh, Nate also asks, like, how often at the end of a Marvel show have they said, continue the story in the pages of X? Right. Which is true. Uh, Like, I think I've seen something like that maybe once or twice in a project. Um, I can't remember what they were though. So yeah, some that's of the how, kids cartoons. how that's how memorable it was. I remember like um, when that Spider-Man cartoon was out and Marvel was still doing the kids stuff, they would definitely be like, follow the adventures of Spidey and the Marvel last super action Spider-Man or whatever. Like, right, right. But did it sell? No, there's a reason why Marvel farmed out their kids books to IDW. Cause they're not making any money on them. Right. Yeah. What do you it do? It sucks. It sucks. What do you do? Uh, Jim, you depress I, I, us every week when you do this shit, man. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, Jim. It's a, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating look into it is. It is. comics, okay. comics in a different culture. Uh, one thing I'll add is if people are wanting like the top, I'll give you the top 20 in January, just the fi- number 20 sold 290,000. See, and so the, there's a, there's a discrepancy, but it's still a large. That would be like comic book headline. That would be like, oh my God, for some reason, Spider-Man just sold 290,000 issues. And it, they'd be like, there'd be tinker tape in the Marvel offices. <laughs> right, <know? yeah. laughs> Jim, uh, it's like good to talk made, to you, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bye, Jimbo. Uh, they made this, you know, uh, uh, Boom is making this huge deal about Berserker um, getting 600,000 pre-orders. Uh, or yeah, 600,000 orders um, prior to release. And it's like, you know that that shit includes, you know, they messed with it. So they have loot bo- like loot boxes, something. Yeah. you know, all kinds of other, like it's an asterisk, right? It has to be. Um, and the same thing ha- happened with star Wars. Number one, when right. star Wars came back to Marvel, it's like yeah, 300,000. Go- or no, I think it was something crazy, like a million, copies. almost a million, but they had like, a, but like, it was a- because uh, like half of them went to loot crate. Well, not just that. They also had deals with like bookstores and stuff or like just buy yeah, them. You, and, right. and there's absolutely no risk. You can send them all back. A hundred percent of them. They're like, all right, give us a million. And they're like, yeah. yeah. yeah! <laughs> and then 998,000 come back, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just, it, it's just, you know, it, it's something that they can, that they do to like look good on paper for five minutes. Right. And it doesn't actually have a, a future impact on yeah. the, on the way the industry goes. Yeah. Um, and it stinks. Like I, in a perfect world, these companies would do what the Japanese companies do. They would get off their asses and throw their huge marketing budgets behind these IPs. Sure. But and and get people interested. I also get why they there's a cultural aspect at play. Yeah, there but just they is. got people interested. Like, Matt, how long did we live our lives being looked down on for liking comics? Oh, sure. 
And now it's the coolest thing in the world to go see an M. Like it's the like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the hottest thing in the what, in what was that sentence you just said? Were you going to say it's the coolest thing in the world to read a comic book? No, you said it's no, the coolest thing in the world to go see a movie starring comic book characters. Yes, I know. That's but the I'm problem. saying like the it, I'm saying like the culture has shifted so that these concepts are no longer the providence of nerds and children. But the concepts, uh, yeah, I agree that, but that wasn't, that was never the issue. You can make any concept cool. It doesn't, it didn't do shit for the comics. But that's because they haven't tried. They haven't tried. I disagree. I think they've tried. What would happen? What would happen if D uh, not DC? What would happen if Disney specifically really made an effort to promote Marvel comics, like physical, like actual comics, not j- like physical and digital trades, whatever. I honestly, what if they made an actual effort? I don't think it would. I really don't think it would do anything. I think we might see a little rise for a bit there, but no, they know. They know this stuff. They have, they've investigated. They have scientists. They have math wizards that look at this and say, how much money should we put into this? And there's a reason now, why if they have not. hats. If they have hats, they're wizards. If they don't have hats, <laughs> they're enough. sorcerers. <laughs> no, but uh, they, they real know. quick. One, one last check in with the zoom chat because we need to close this. Yeah. Shit we got to get the hell out too of long. Um, Michael Severe says his favorite Irish character is Ishiro O'Shea or Ishiro O'Shea drunk space ninja. Uh, from the book series, The Adventures of Duke LaGrange. Uh, I've not heard of it, but that does I, I sound fun. Um, Nate says, where can a quote unquote normal buy a comic that they will actually shop? Put a couple next to teen people at the checkout at Target. That is another problem. And it used to be you could find comics yeah. in the grocery stores. You could find like we had newsstands, but like I, I grew up buying Archie Digests off of the checkout stand at Albertsons in Bellevue and they just don't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and the idea of comics only being available or people only thinking they have to go to a comic shop to get comics is a huge like road uh, speed bump. Yeah, it is. So, but there's a reason it became that way and that's because they weren't selling. Yeah. Yep. So that's what can you do? Anna Williams was a character I was trying to think of from Tekken. She is Nina's younger sister and rival. <laughs> so. uh, in the, in the Facebook chat, uh, We've got uh, Tony saying, my nephews are young enough that they just think of Iron Man as a movie character. The yeah. movies came first and it's not obvious to them that it's from a comic book. Uh, he also says comic books are not available widely at checkouts and drugstores like that yeah. like when we were kids. That's true. Patrick says Marvel doesn't care. They don't need book sales anymore. They have the, no. their money cash cow in place. Uh, Michael says, when I buy comic books for the boys, they always say, can't we just watch the movie? Yep. It makes him sad. So it's, it's a cultural thing. It's a, it's a cultural thing that Americans have been, that they have accepted. Yeah. I mean, like look at magazine racks too. They've been decimated. You used to go to the grocery store, take comics out of there, go to the grocery store. There'd be a whole row of magazines with like muscle truck magazine and big gun magazine and cute dog magazine. And like all yeah. that shit is gone. And I guarantee muscle truck magazine was selling better than any of the comic books that were in there. So, I mean, no, it's, it's true. It's just it's the true. print medium is decimated and unfortunately if comics are going to win or resurge or come back in any way it's going to be digitally that's what's going to happen no, and it's true uh, like I, I mean it's definitely a pivot right like I, right. I i get why you know we i i understand why physical 
media, physical comic media disappeared from supermarkets and drugstores. Like I, I understand. Um, but that's not the only way to get comics anymore. Sure. You don't have to go to a store to get comics. But people don't know that. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Miss Branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. All right. Voicemail time in the ziggurat. Let's do it. Morning, nerds. This is Ryan Mount, a.k.a. Hebrews, calling in with the answer of the week. So first, I just want to talk about the best Avengers book on the stands right now. It's called Avengers Mech. It's awesome. I love it. It's big, (laughs) stupid fun. And I hope there's a toy line that goes with it because I'm a sucker for capitalism. You Uh, challenged them. up on the Comic Pushers Department of Truth recommendation. It was okay. Um, You know, I got through it and uh, I didn't immediately run out and get the next issue. Uh, It left me thinking a little bit, uh, but, you know, I am definitely interested for the holiday issue for when they uh, prove that Santa Claus is real. Um, And then this (laughs) might be more of a comic pushers, but I actually read uh, randomly because Matt tweeted about it. It was X-Men 328. It was like Psylocke versus Sabretooth. I read it. It's by Scott Lobdell and uh, Joe Manarera, and I kind of loved it. It was yeah. so '90s cheese. It was great. And like, <laughs> the art was um, a choice, but I kind of <laughs> loved it. And, but then when I went to go read uh, some more of it, I realized like you had to then go across like two to three different titles to actually get to that that one. And the next issue has nothing to do with it. So my ask is, is there a Scott Lobdell, Joe Matarera run like storyline? Is there is there something you can read or is it just kind of a hosh posh, which I'm kind of getting that maybe it was like you had to be reading all the titles. Um, so maybe I'll just end up skipping it. You know, I know Scott Lobdell is not for me now, but for whatever reason, I had a absolute blast reading that one issue. Um, so that is it. Thanks, nerds. I think we can address that because I don't think there's a, it's long enough for like a yeah, whole segment. I, no, I don't think it's a segment. I, I, I think that that's just from a time when the X titles were becoming more interconnected. Yeah. And, you know, they like they might pick up character threads in a different title. You know, they might introduce a, they might introduce something in Uncanny and then they would pick it up again briefly in X-Men. But that was Marvel like marketing at the time. Spread it out. Get them to buy everything. Yeah, I mean, it was also like this is kind of born out of the um, the clone saga discussion we had uh, recently. It also came uh, kind of at a time where Marvel had hit those financial rocky shores and they stripped things to the bone editorial like staff wise. And um, they split all of the themed, uh, the characters into themes. And so they were all in separate offices, right? right? And so the, now we're, now we have the X office. Yeah. And you know what? And to be fair, there's great stuff that came out of that. And I think that like that experiment working with a smaller editorial staff that is all working together, you're going to get that. You're going to get that synergy one way or another. Yeah. Uh, you know, but this was all this. So this is like a uh, 328. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, Psylocke gets gutted. Right. right. They, they had come back from the age of apocalypse. Right. Right. I think the last thing that happened before uh, the world turned white and it all became the age of apocalypse is that Wolverine popped his claws into Sabretooth's brain. Yes. And so Sabretooth had been living at the mansion as like, like a childlike mentality, right? Yeah. He was, he was effectively like mentally gone. 
Yeah, yeah. He was just like he was a blank slate and right. he was basically like a newborn. Do you come to find out by the time 328 comes out that um he had been faking it for a while? Right. And so uh Psylocke goes in there. Like his and brain Sanctus slowly like, stitched back together with Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like maybe he was always faking it or maybe he healed and didn't let on. I think I think we, it, it was like that his brain was so injured it took longer to heal was where they yeah. ultimately went with it. Uh, but like he had been milking it, right? Like biding right. his time. Right. And then and then uh Psylocke comes in and he like eviscerates her. Now that cover and, that Joe Maduria cover is full spread leg. Psylocke yeah, arrows I, pointing to her crotch. <laughs> and I, I, I bet like her no. boobs are defying all gravity. Oh yeah. Like, they're I'm, poking I'm sure they are. out <laughs> like pointing. <laughs> and and uh, yeah. So, uh, but this was, this is also like uh, the first uh, 322. I think it was, um, was um, the first issue back from age of apocalypse where the juggernaut uh, got punched. Yeah. Who stopped all the, the way from, all the way from Canada to New York. Yeah. And it turned out to be onslaught, did it? Right. And he, and like the only word he says when they find him is onslaught. Yeah. So everything going on from that point was to build to onslaught, man. And that run so yeah, though, that Scott Lobdell run is a lot of fun. And uh, like, it's, it's, it's fun if you can set aside the era. Yeah. And I, and I can, you know, like I, I, I think of it fondly when I think back to like, I remember reading that issue. I remember reading uh, Uncanny X Men three twenty eight on the comic book rack at Walmart in Shenandoah, Iowa, because we were living in Tabor at the time, uh, and uh, we had to go to Shenandoah to get groceries. And uh, yeah, I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like I could, like I, I couldn't put it down, and I couldn't wait to find out what happened to Psylocke. And it ended up being like, "Yeah, they possessed her with the Crimson Dawn, and she had that weird red tattoo over her eye for a long time." Yeah, and. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, give it to me. It I was want dumb. it. It was dumb, but it was fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was dumb. It was it was dumb fun. Yeah. yeah, it was dumb fun. And I would argue, um, like, just, you can start if you want to read the Age of Apocalypse stuff to get a feel of where they were going to go after that. Go ahead, and it's great, and it's a ton of fun. But just read Uncanny X Men. Start with three twenty two and read up through the onslaught stuff. It it carries through really well. It's a lot yeah, of fun. But I mean, to just. To speak to his question about whether or not there's like a solid run you can, uh, like a comprehensive, cohesive run that you can read, no. I think the answer is no. No. Because it's like I said when we reviewed Ice characters, um, Uncanny X-Men 314, Emma Frost is in Iceman's body. Right. She's still in Iceman's body at the end of the issue. And then the next time you see Emma Frost in Uncanny X-Men, she's in her own body. Yeah, she's fine. It's done. With no explanation. <laughs> no. They were, and, they were just dropping stories sometimes a well, story or, was the first quarter happened, of the book <laughs> or, it, or it happened somewhere else you know and they yeah. just didn't say yeah and so like if you're if you're gonna read scott lobdell's uncanny x-men from point a to point b with joe Matarera's artwork you're gonna have storylines that come in and out because that's just how they did it right it was still fun still a good time yeah, and, and totally agree yeah i i i very fondly remember scott lobdell's x-men and love it but it was a mess it was a nineties. That's what they were doing. It was a, it was a hot mess. Yeah. Um, my favorite Irish character is Banshee. I can't help it. I, I love lo Banshee. Okay. Sean Cassidy. So he's my guy. My favorite Irish character is daredevil. But if you want to get into like the hamming it up, Irish characters, you can't well, do I, worse. Like, I, I, Sean I, Cassidy and black Tom Cassidy. Holy sure. crap. Those two, like they, Prof like you could argue there's something wrong with their brain. They're so Irish mm -hmm, sure. <laughs> the way they're written. It's like, <laughs> it's like when you introduce, when you introduce a character, 
And his mutant power at the time is energy shillelagh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's dumb <laughs> for one thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that, that is so oddly tied to a cultural thing. Come Your on. power is it's so not- oddly, it's so oddly tied to the mythos of, of a certain land. That's not any weirder yeah. than basil elks becoming the basilisk. It's not I any suppose, weirder. It's just comics, man. Come I on. Guess, I guess. <laughs> and like they, they very wisely, ex- like they expanded black Tom's power set. It's like, Oh no, he's got this weird, like wood thing going on. Like right. he's got, right. he's plant-based. They fleshed like, it a, shil- a shillelagh is just a stick. It's just funny to say he's got an energy shillelagh. Yeah. Um, what would be weird if, if like a character like the Texas tornado, as soon as he left the boundaries of Texas, his powers went away or something. Yeah. Yeah. The know? Texas like, twister. Oh, sorry. You're not the Arizona twister, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Oh man. Like I, I'm only, I'm only, a, I'm only powerful when the Huskers are winning. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, <laughs> it's like NFL super pro. Does he only have powers when like the Raiders are doing well? I don't get it. That no, no. I mean, he was just a really good kicker. Yeah. All. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> all right. We got to get out of here. We got a new question of the week and it is Scott Snyder based. Tell him about it, kid. Yeah. Tell, tell uh, him about it, Joe. Snyder. I don't know I called you kid. Don't about That's a kid. Fine. I I get it. Uh, the Snyder Cut comes out uh, on Thursday, as you are hearing this. Which Thursday, is such a March weird day 18th. to do it, right? Well, look, man. They know that Falcon and Winter Soldier is coming out on the nineteenth. Yeah, and they want you to have a clear schedule. I guess. So, uh, yeah, we want to know what you thought of the Snyder Cut if you were brave enough to sit through it between Thursday and Saturday. Um, Did you love it? How do you feel about the darker take on the DC uh, extended universe in general? Right. The larger rated aurification, if you will, of the DC universe. Is is the Snyder Cut just a one-off to placate these fans and then they're going to keep going in the direction they've been going with like Shazam and Aquaman? Do you prefer it? more lighthearted like that or do you want a grim and gritty dc movie universe let's talk about it uh i if you do i want to know i want i'm making a list yeah uh and you know we're I'm, gonna I'm watch you tally on you closely <laughs> um if your take is like you know i thought justice league was fine i thought man of steel was fine like i get it i i understand um, you know, it, uh, like I don't have a huge, like if you're coming at it saying I don't have a huge investment in Superman, so I really liked Man of Steel. Fine, fine. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, are you like a full on, like bring on the dark, gritty Batman with machine guns? Right. You know, like mainly I want to know what you thought of the Snyder Cut. Do you think it was better than the theatrical cut? Do you think that Snyder got robbed? You know, yeah, uh, and it's a, that it's is, an interesting discussion. Is it good for these characters? That's what we want to know. Do you think it's good for these characters? Let's let's yep. talk about it, and we'll be right. here to talk about it next Saturday. Have a happy and safe St. Patrick's Day. Set your clocks back or set your clocks forward. I keep saying that. We got to keep you guys on. By the time. time they hear this, it will have already occurred. Right. Otherwise, you're going to show up late next week, and and guess what? You'll miss the whole thing. So be yeah, on time, are. jerks. All right. For now, we got to get out of here. My name's Matt Bomb. My name is Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. <laughs>